Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to our Romans Bible Study. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas, and glad you've joined us this morning, or you're listening to us at some point. You found us on YouTube, uh, or on some channel, or uh, whatever uh, you 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 found us, and uh, we're just thankful to be here today. It's, isn't it an amazing thing to have what we call a Bible? God's Word to us right here in front of us. The things that God has said, the things that uh, God desires for us, the thing that God uh, rejects that we partake. I mean, just to have the knowledge and the wisdom of God, the direction, the instruction, the correction many times that we need in our lives, the Word of God, the place we find faith, that faith comes and we live and overcome the situations in life. And, and uh, aren't we blessed to have a Bible? Aren't we blessed to have the Word of God? To be able to just have the access we do to go and study the Word, uh, to hear ministers preach the gospel. Uh, it's very important that we study the Word of God, not just read it, but we be students of the Word of God. And I'm excited every time we have a Bible study, a church service, a prayer, uh, whatever we're doing in the name of the Lord for the glory of God to get His direction, His wisdom, His victory experienced in our lives, whatever it is, it's an amazing thing to walk with God, to be able to know Him and trust Him. And it's more than a church thing. It's You need to be in church. It's more than this and that, but several things you need to have in your life. But it's a Jesus thing. It is a Jesus thing. And when we get back to Jesus, the meaning we get back to Calvary, uh, then we're going to find the fullness of God's will in our lives. And Romans chapter 8, which is where we are, is, is really about... Uh, the, the the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit works, the, 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 the way, the path through which He works alone. It's called the law of the Spirit of life in, in, in verse 2 of chapter 8. That means the Holy Spirit works within a law, and the, this is the law, the legality of what Christ did at Calvary. See, that was a legal work Christ did. All people were lost until uh, uh, Jesus came. And even the ones who died as believers in the Old Covenant could not fully step into that, which they would one day have, because even when they died, they went to paradise. They couldn't even go to heaven like we do today because Jesus had not yet come. They weren't lost when they died. They were believers, but they... We're not experiencing the new covenant, that which would take care of everything, that which would be the light of all the shadows that had been before. Hallelujah. And so uh, today, uh, we have this eighth chapter in Romans that Paul wrote to the church in Rome, and it's for us today as well, about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the avenue through which He works, and 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 we need to learn this because we can we can just like men have throughout the ages do what our flesh call leads us to do, and then stamp God on it. People are doing that today; they've always done that. Until we learn the way of the cross, we will not learn the way of Christ. We will not learn Christ as our way 
until we learn the way of the cross. Because what makes Jesus our way that he said he was to the Father is what he did at Calvary. And we need to remember that. Today is part 27 here on the 13th day of January 2020. And we're just excited again, let me say it, to be here sharing God's word with you. And uh, I pray that you would get your Bible, your pencil, paper, and join us in this study. I do this on Monday mornings and Thursday mornings at 8.30 a.m. live right on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And then it's all uploaded to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, <clears throat> thecrosswaychurch.com. And the audio only goes to the Spreaker app where my channel there is for those who have ears to hear. And you can access that. You can get that app on your smartphone called the Spreaker app and look for Curtis Hutchinson or type in for those who have ears to hear. And you'll find almost 300 messages there concerning God's Word in the context of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. How blessed we are. Hallelujah. So uh, be blessed today as we dig into the Word of God. And here, uh, we, and again, let's just say this before we start. The eighth chapter of Romans teaches us how the Holy Spirit works. How the Holy Spirit works. And what the Holy Spirit does is mentioned here. So we, we need to remember that as we dig into this eighth chapter. And that is overall what this eighth chapter is about. And as you learn Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8 then you will be walking in a place you've never walked before. And the, the reality of the importance of learning Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8 is this. If you don't understand Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8, there's no way that you can be discipled. We're not discipled by sitting under a preacher and following a preacher and learning to be like a preacher. The word disciple means learner. And Jesus said, you can't be my disciple unless you take up your cross and follow him. Think about that. And, and, and you know, so uh, taking up our cross is keeping our faith in what he did for us on his cross. That's taking up our cross. Our cross is not our hardships and, and all the horrible things. You better know what your cross is when those things come. If you don't, you think those things are your cross You'll never be discipled, and you're not learning the truth. See, the Bible says in the last days they will ever be learning, but they're not able to come to the truth. Why, why would someone not be able to come to the truth? Because they reject the message of the cross. The cross of Christ is what makes him our truth. Our liberate, Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Well, he said he's the truth. So what about him is it that makes me free from sin? What he did at Calvary and that alone. So as we learn Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8, please go back. It's on the YouTube channel. Start with Romans 1. Go all the way through with us verse by verse and you will... You will walk in a different place if you will just begin to believe God's word is for you and accept it as it is truth in its righteous context and your life will be changed forever and then you will be found walking in God's purpose for you. 
Let's dig in today. Let's back up a little bit. Verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmity. See, God sent the Holy Spirit, and although the Holy Spirit works through a law, Romans chapter 8, verse 2, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that speaks of the cross, his work there, because it goes on to say, has made me free from the law of sin and death. Where did he do that? At the cross. So the spirit of life works according to a law. We've talked a little bit about it. Go back and listen to the teaching further in, 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 in earlier on in this chapter. <coughs> but he was sent to help us in our infirmities because he's just got through telling us, look, the whole world is groaning and travailing in pain, all of the creation, and even us within ourselves are groaning. And then he says here that we have a hope. We've got a new body coming. There's going to be a new earth. Everything's groaning, waiting for the newness that we have promised in Christ. And we need to, we need to know these things because that's what our hope is in. Paul, Paul said, listen, if all we've got going on in, our, in the spiritual realm and what we call Christianity is here and now, we're the biggest fools of all. But that ain't it for us. We have a new body. There's a new earth. We're going to be with the Lord forever. No more sickness. No more tears. No more fears. It's going to all be passed away. And the newness of all things is going to be made reality to you and I as believers. And I'm excited about that. Hallelujah. So he says in verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. God sent his Son to die for us and all who believe in him have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities, our weaknesses, whatever weakness it might be. Whatever it is that makes us weak, He was sent to us because He says, because we don't know what we should pray as we ought, which tells us that we ought to be praying. When we're weak, we ought to be praying. Because when we're praying, when we're seeking God, there's when the Holy Spirit's going to reveal to us. When we're praying, we're students of the Word. Because if we're praying, we've got to know, we've got to be able to recognize what God is saying to us. And that's going to be done through a knowledge of the Word. That's what gets people in big trouble. They go into prayer, but then they hear all sorts of things and, and, and they're not students of the word, therefore they can't, they, they don't know. Uh, you, you, let, me, let me tell you something. When you go into prayer, if you don't know the word, the devil can speak to you and make you think it's God talking to you. There's, I was watching a special recently about a family that moved up into the mountains. It was back in the 70s or 80s, I think. And, and then they, 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 they called themselves Bible believers, but they were getting away from the, the, the world, which is not God, not the will of God. We're to be in it, not of it, but not separatists, not go isolation from everybody. We're to be among them and so that we can let our light shine. Amen. But they began to hate. If, if you were a Jew, they hated. Matter of fact, if you weren't white, they hated you and all sorts of weirded out things that they twisted scripture and thought they were hearing from God. So you have to be a student of the word, but as a student of the word, you must understand who the word's about. And Jesus said it was about him. And, 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 and you need to understand that. And, 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 and we need to go into prayer when we're having issues. And I got news for you. 
We're always having issues. That's why Paul would say you need to pray without ceasing. You need to be seeking God without, without ceasing. You need to never stop seeking God. And there's going to be days you're going to seek Him more, but you never need to stop seeking God. Why? Because we need Him desperately every day, all day. And Jesus said, you can't do anything without me. So we've got to have the help of Christ, and He will help us because He sent the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, to help us and he says, because we don't know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Spirit of God is, is, is also groaning within us. What the Bible says, I know com some commentaries say well, it's not really the Spirit groaning and, and it's us groaning. And listen, but the Spirit of God is, is doing something in, in, in an intercession fashion in us that, that we, it can't be uttered. It, it, it's, it, it's not tongues. It's, it's a move of the Holy Spirit as we pray because we don't know what we to pray and he moves in us and, and it's, 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 it's groanings that cannot be uttered. And let me say, uh, even though when we speak in tongues, uh, we don't know what we're saying, but it is an utterance. It is an utterance. It is us uttering that which the Holy Spirit stirs us to speak when it's tongues, other tongues, as the Spirit gives the utterance. Hallelujah. But this is the Spirit just working within us in the midst of our groaning because He was sent to help us in our infirmities. And sometimes we don't even know what to pray. And listen carefully, we need to admit it sometimes. Lord, I just don't even know what to pray. I don't know what to ask for here. And, 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 and why would that be? We always know what we want, but it's not about what we want. It's about the will of God. And we don't always know what the will of God is. Now, do we? And people who say they always know what the will of God is, well, there's things that we know is the will of God at all times, like our maturity, like our growth, like our loving each other, like our forgiving each other. But certain circumstances, what do I do in this situation? Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm just in pain and travail here. I, I, I don't know which decision to make, and I know it's, it's vital, it's important. Lord, I don't know what to do about this, about that. It's, I, I, I just, I don't know what your will is here. I know your will is good. I know it's perfect. But Lord, I need to know what that good and perfect will is for this situation. And we go into prayer. We go into seeking God. And, and we get in the word. And the Lord is going to show us the answer. He's going to give us the answer. And, and he's going to remind us of what he has said. Because everything his will brings forth in our lives, everything his will his will taking place in our lives is going to be according to his word. Absolutely, every single time. He has given us his word. Now watch this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, our weaknesses, because we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. This means when our faith is in the sacrifice of Christ, this means when we're seeking God for His will, not our will, we're not going to find 
our will coming from God when we seek God. And how many times in the past, and we all might as well admit it, have we sought God for our will? God, this is what I want. God, this is what I want. And that's easy because we always know what we want. But we don't always know the will of God. And that puts us into a place of groaning. That puts us into a place of, Lord, I need help. And the Holy Spirit in the midst of all that is working on our behalf. The Bible tells us he is. Hallelujah. So, and, and, it, and it's in a way that it cannot be uttered. It's just, it's just we, we believe this by faith because we've been told this. We've been given this by the Lord through the, the, the Apostle Paul to let us know we can be comforted by knowing this when we don't know what to do. When we're crying, God, I don't know what to do here. I know what your word tells me, so I'm, I'm, I'm standing on that, but as far as where to go from here, I don't know what to do. Because your word tells me this, I, then that is, this is where I am. And I know because your word tells me this, my decision cannot be that. And you understand, we would make several decisions that our flesh would lead us to make if God hadn't grounded us in his word in certain places. See, I would do this, but God's word says, that's not what I should do. And I would not do that. But, but God's word over here tells me this is what I should be doing. And none of this works for anybody unless their faith is in the cross. Because faith in the cross of Christ, the work of Christ at Calvary, is what legally allows the Holy Spirit to minister to you, to bring that to you which you need. Now think about that. Don't think that he just does that anyway. Because the New Testament has many, many examples of where we can remove ourselves from him. Galatians 1 and 6. Galatians 5, 1 through 4. Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Again, that's Galatians 1, verse 6. Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. Revelation chapter 3. Verses 1 through 6. We can remove ourselves from him. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. But the Bible is clear. And this is something you don't hear taught because we don't like to hear it. And most Christians just flat out don't believe it even though it's in the Bible. They just ignore it. I don't want to hear that. I'm just sticking with he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. And you can stick with that. That's good and you ought to stick with it. But just because he's not leaving you and he's not forsaking you doesn't mean we've not left and forsaken him. And that is in the Bible. And when we walk in that place, which is a place where we're trusting in anything other than the work of Christ at Calvary for all the provisions of grace in our lives, we've excluded ourselves from the very grace that we need. So we have to go to the throne of grace, not to get what we want, but to get the will of God. Think about that. So watch this. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God, not the will of the saint. The Holy Spirit is working, making intercession for us, interceding for us, 
according to the will of God. He's doing this in an attempt to reveal truth to us because as we hear truth, we find the will of God. We find the freedom. We find the liberty. We find, listen, the direction, the instruction, the guide. We find it all in truth. Psalms 33, 4 is tied to Romans chapter 8, verse 2 about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Psalms 33 and 4 says, The word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. So if I'm going to find and receive and walk in the will of God, it's going to be by the power of the Holy Spirit, who is God, and he only works in truth. All of God's word is truth, as long as it's being received by us from our hearts in its righteous context. Proverbs 8 and 8. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness, God says. They are truth, but they're in righteousness, which means they're about Jesus. It's what Jesus taught in, in, in John, that all the, the scriptures are about him, he said. And he's the righteous king who did the righteous work at Calvary. So nothing we do is righteous unless it's through faith in Jesus and the leading of the Holy Spirit and Him being the one who's working in and through us. Now again, we do a lot of things that look good and have an appearance of godliness and we stamp God on it. And I believe most, most all of what we've stamped God on throughout the ages has not been God at all. Because all God's works are done in truth. Now, there's a lot of people who are just not going to accept that. I've been cut off for teaching that. Because we still like to hang on to things that were experiences. Listen, I had, I had experiences. I had experiences with Jack Daniels and marijuana. And people are out there doing that now and calling it a move of God. We live by faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Come on now, somebody. God's looking for those that are Bible believers today. Those that will just accept his word. See, that's, that's what caused the religious Israel to reject Jesus. They knew he was the Messiah. Fulfilling scripture, the walking, living word. Fulfilling scripture, where he was born, when he was born, uh, how he was born, all that, all the word, all the things. Scripture was just being laid out before him, and he even told them, "This scripture is today fulfilled in your ears." They wouldn't accept him according to the scriptures. And today people are living in the church. Christians are living for experiences. And experiences are good as long as they're according to the Holy Spirit, the way he works in truth. There are entire denominations today who boast in their, in their jerk. Their boast is in their jerk. Oh, they claim their faith is in Christ at Calvary. But the reason they can't come out of those denominations is because they won't leave that quiver and shiver and a quake and a shake behind. They're proud of that. They're calling that the Holy Spirit. I know some people don't like that kind of talk because that's what their faith is in. 
the, the, the nominations, man, they'll bring, they, and when the preacher dies or moves off, they'll, they'll get another preacher, not that knows the way of the cross, the message of the, they'll get another preacher, don't know anything about it, but he is in their denomination, and they end up having to teach him, that's a little backwards, isn't it? He should be the equipper, not the congregation equipping him all in the name of saving our denomination, keeping free. Come on now, somebody help me up in here. There is so much freedom when we're willing to let all that go like the Apostle Paul did. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody's hearing God this morning. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. But watch this. I want to share something with you this morning. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, I want to help you this morning. Uh, to understand this, because there's all kind of controversy and different thoughts about verse 27. Well, is he that searches the hearts any different than the, 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 the Spirit of God? Because they're both God. The, the Bible says, if, if you'll learn, listen, if you'll learn the meaning of this one word in verse 27, it'll help you tremendously, and that's the word mind. The mind of the Spirit. When you look the word mind up, it means the purpose of the Spirit. Watch this now. Because the Holy Spirit being given to us has a purpose. Not just to make us feel good and to make us shout and dance all over the church. And, and no, The Holy Spirit has a far greater purpose than that. Far, far greater purpose than giving us the gift of speaking in other tongues with the uh, interpretation and the other gift. Far greater purpose than that. He that searches the hearts is the Lord himself. Let, let me read it to you. I've got some notes for you. Now watch this in Jeremiah 17. Write it down. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. The heart is deceitful above all things. Oh, we can think we're living for God and right on with God and be on our way to hell. Think about it. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Nothing more wicked than the heart. Jesus taught that all the evil comes out of a heart. <coughs> he also taught in the book of Proverbs that, and Jesus is the teacher of all the Bible, hallelujah. He's the giver of all the word. He is the living word. But he says this in Proverbs, that guard your heart diligently, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it come the issues of your life. Not out of every other city, no, out of the issues of, the issues out of our own hearts. Out of our heart is where all our issues come. Well, they're a problem. They're my issue. No, the issue is our heart. God's not a liar. They may be causing problems. They may be causing problems. But my heart is my problem. We need to remember that. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Nobody. No human knows his own heart. He said, I, the Lord, verse 10 in Jeremiah 17, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his goings. God's never out of business. He's never sleeping. What's he doing today? He's giving to every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. 
It's what he taught about sowing and reaping. It's what he taught about uh, loosing on earth, being loosed in heaven, binding on earth. It, it, it's he's get, Today, he's giving men according to their ways. My ways found in Christ, hallelujah, through faith in his cross, which makes him my way. Not just that, and now I'm in, but that today. His work at Calvary 2,000 years ago is my way today. His way of humility and obedience and death is my way today. I'm not being conformed into the resurrection of Jesus. The Bible says I'm being conformed into the image of Jesus as I'm being made conformable unto his death, Philippians 3.10. We need to understand these things. We need to know these things. Hallelujah. We have resurrection power, but that power you and I have been given is to be being made conformable into, unto his death. Hallelujah. Because that's the epitome. That's the, the, the highlight of the life of Jesus was at the end when he died. <laughs> Not the miracles. Praise God for the miracles. But none of those things he did while he walked on this earth made you his. Only what he did at Calvary. Now watch this now. This will help us. Jesus taught in John 16, 13. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all... This helps us to understand what we're reading here in Romans chapter 8. He will guide us into all truth. That means how he's going to get us through these infirmities, these weaknesses. How, what he's doing when he's making intercession for us is to... Is, is to try to get us to see truth, come back to truth, realize that truth is all we need. His name is Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. His, his name is Jesus. He is our truth. Well, the Bible's my truth. Only The Bible is our truth only as long as it's in the context of the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Outside of that, we're just stamping something as God and it ain't God. Oh, I'm not talking about the church being deceived the last 20, 40, 150 years. I'm talking about the church not knowing how to live for God in the entirety of its existence. I'm telling you, we 500 years ago, the church began to come out of the dark ages with the truth of we're justified by faith alone. The just only lives by faith. 500 years later, 23 years ago, now in the, in the next reformation that's taking place, thank God we can be a part of that. You can have it if you'll believe it. It's Bible. We're now learning that we're only, we're sanctified only by faith in the cross of Christ because the legality of Calvary is what allows the Holy Spirit, the legal right to work in my life, to make intercession and groanings for me. And what's he doing? He's trying to get me to see the truth because Jesus said he was coming, he was coming to guide me into all truth because he shall not speak of himself. Now I'm reading in John chapter 16, verse 13. He shall not speak of himself. Doesn't mean he's not going to teach you about what he does and how he does it. He's doing that this morning. It means he's not going to speak of his own authority. Watch. He's not going to speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. This is the intercession of the Holy Spirit trying to show you things to come. 
as in verse in Romans chapter 8, Paul wrote what's to come, a new body that because we don't have yet, we're groaning in travail and pain. The earth is groaning in travail and pain because it, it, it's not what it should be. But the Lord is going to remind us of who we, the Holy Spirit making groanings for us, hallelujah, is trying to get us to see the truth. He, he's not begging God on our behalf. He's, he's trying to get us into a place where we keep looking at truth. We keep seeing truth, the revealed truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified and, and the benefits we have in experience because our faith remains in Him and His work his experience for us at Calvary. Think about this. Think about this. That shall he speak and he will show you things to come. Now, now that's powerful. That's powerful. And, and even though there's a perfect equality in the Godhead, there is a perfect subordination. There is no greater God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all three. The Bible says one, one in unity. But because they're dealing with men created in His image, God's image, there has, there's a perfect subordination for us to look at Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God, Christ, husband, man, wife. Come on now, woman. It, there's an order there. There's an order in the Godhead. It's perfect. But why does there have to be a subordination in the Godhead? Because he created us in his image, and, and we need to understand this redemptive plan of God. And if we want to learn about ourselves, we're going to have to learn about God because he created us in his image. And he sent his son, the one who is the perfect the, the, the perfect expression of his person and the brightness of his glory, Hebrews 1 and 3 tells us. So we have to look at Jesus through what he did at Calvary to be able to learn about God so that we can learn the will of God for our lives. That's the only avenue we're going to find it. Everything else is going to be our flesh leading us in the name of God. We're going to stamp it God, and that's where the church has been for 2,000 years. But now that over the last 23 years we're learning that God only works according to the law, the legalities of what Christ did at Calvary, then now the church is moving forward. Now there's going to be a lot of, most, the majority of the church, just like the majority of Israel, they're not going to come back to this. And I'm not going to sit here and say they are because they're not. They've got what they've got going. Their faith is in uh, Pentecost. It's moved from the cross to Pentecost. They, 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 they think all these. Th their focus is. You got people right now that'll drive cross cross country to meetings that are all focused on Pentecost, but they won't drive across the street to meetings that are focused on the cross of Christ. That's where we are today in the spirit field part of the church. And, that, and on the other side of the church, they're not preaching this for sanctification, really. And they're also, they don't even believe in the baptism with the Holy Spirit. They just throw out the book of Acts and only talk about how many miles it was from this place Paul went to that place. And Come on now, I'm not being ugly. I'm telling you where we've been for the last 2,000 years. But God is sending a call to 
awaken the church. And if we don't awaken unto righteousness, we're not waking up. Because all God's words are in righteousness. And righteousness only comes through grace, and grace only comes through our faith in the death of Jesus. Galatians chapter 2, verse 21. Everything else when we ignore, well, I, I don't need all that. I just believe this. That was Israel. Had every scripture they needed to verify Jesus was the Messiah. You have the scriptures today, my friend. Don't look to your experiences. Look to the scriptures. For there you will find the move of God that's taking place today. And everything else will just have a stamp of man calling it God on it. If it's not the truth of Jesus Christ and him crucified... You're playing church like little kids do. And once you hear this truth and you reject it, the greater experience of resistance by the enemy is going to take place and the greater level of deception will be caused only by us. So we leave that which has been false. No matter what mama and I, these folks boasting of their third generation this. My boast is in the cross alone. My boast, I'm thankful that I, my parents were Christians. And, and my, my boast is in the cross alone. I'm not a product of my past. I'm a product of Calvary and what Jesus there did. Hallelujah. God bless you. We love you. Thanks for watching. Get the word out. We're here every Monday and Thursday morning doing this Romans Bible study. Don't just listen to it. Don't just like it on social media. Don't just uh, make a comment. Please share it. We're not ashamed of the gospel. Share the gospel. That's what you need to be known for, your faith in the gospel. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. See ya.